Let's hear the word of God this morning. We're turning to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. A reading from the authorized version for online listeners. The words will come up on the screen. But we do encourage you to get a copy of the Bible. Turn to the place. Point it for the reading. Follow online. Not only see the words, but hear the words. Every word of God is pure, given by inspiration of God. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we, being many, are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy, According to the proportion of faith, our ministry, let us wait on our ministry, or he that teacheth on teaching, or he that exhorteth on exhortation, he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity, he that ruleth with diligence, he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness, let love be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good. Be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love, in honor preferring one another, not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer, distributing to the necessity of saints, given to hospitality. Bless them which persecute you, Bless and curse not. Rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. Be of the same mind one toward another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, Live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. Now, our motto text 
for 2023 is taken from Romans chapter 12. It reads as follows, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. Now I have adopted the theme and I've entitled it Devotional Duties for Difficult Days. The book of Romans is divided into two parts. Chapters 1 to 11 is doctrinal. Then chapters 12 to 16 are are known as the, the practical chapters. After teaching us what to believe, the Apostle Paul prevents some very sound counsel and advice on how to behave at the home, at work, and in society. Now, it's all very interesting that all of the commands and the characteristics that are found in Romans chapter 12, verses 9 right through to 21, are built upon and rooted in what he has said in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Let me quote it. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is a reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You see, the mercies of God are foundational and fundamental here. And everything in Romans chapter 12, verses 9 to 21, assumes that you have personally experienced the mercies of God that he has taught in Romans chapter 1, verse 1, right through to Romans chapter 11. Every one of us must have the assurance that we have come to the Lord Jesus Christ as a guilty sinner, received a full and free and forever forgiveness of sins that is offered to us through faith in the redemptive work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now that is the foundation. That is the motivation for these commands. That is the foundation and motivation for serving the Lord. And it's all in the context of living for Christ, loving one another, Serving the Lord. Notice the Apostle Paul is highlighting that we will face trials and troubles. And he's telling us how to face such trials and troubles. We're to face them rejoicing in hope. We're to be patient in tribulation. We're to continue instant in prayer. Notice the three parts. They're all connected. And as I've said, remember, they are rooted in the mercy of God. Now, regarding this text, ask yourselves this. This is what I've asked myself in the study. Does these three faces describe me? Do they describe my life? Am I one that rejoices in hope? Am I patient in tribulation? Or am I a grumbler? Or am I a murmurer? As I stumble on through life, am I devoted to prayer? Or do I merely dabble at prayer? All very important questions. And we have to confess something that to a large extent we all fall short of these spiritual qualities. And therefore you and I need to learn to grow in grace and in the knowledge of Christ another year. Remember the Apostle Paul is teaching us 
what a mercy-motivated, sacrificial, transformed Christian life looks like. And part of that life adopts and maintains a right frame of mind, even in difficult days, in days of trouble, in days of strife. Each believer is called upon. These are commands in the scriptures. Devotional duties for difficult days. What are we to do in difficult days? We're to rejoice in hope. We're to be patient in tribulation. We're to continue instant in prayer. Is that not true for us individually? That's true for us collectively as families and especially as a church family. I believe that's true for the Free Presbyterian Church in 2023 and each other Christian church that's connected to uh, the, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, now three things. I, I want you to see here the Christian's profession. You see, the mercies of God call us to rejoice in hope. And the true Christian is enabled and ought to rejoice in hope. Now, what does the Apostle Paul mean? The word hope surely means something that's sure and certain, something that's solid and concrete. So we'll ask the question, what are we to hope in as we step into another year? As we face the unknown? As I've suggested, there's 133 references to hope in the authorized version of the Bible. And you see, as we hope, we're not facing the unknown alone. We're not facing the unknown without real hope. It's not us saying, I hope things go well this year. I hope this or that happens. Bible-believing Christianity is not a, a hope-so religion. No, we can go forward with surety and confidence into 2023 with a sure and certain confidence in the fact that we have a sovereign God who's in heaven and that sovereign God is called the God of hope. Romans 15 and verse 13. We thought of this last Lord's Day. Listen again to the words. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. And over there in 1 Peter, in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 21, we, we read the words, Who by him do believe in God that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory, that your faith and hope might be in God. Our hope is not in programs. It's not even in people. It's not in philosophy. It's not in princes or politicians. It's not even in the powers that be. No, our hope is in the living and the true God who sovereignly is in control. Remember what we read in Romans chapter 8 and verse 28. We read this. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Do you know what the Bible tells us in Psalm 42 and verse 5? Hope thou in God. And the mercy of God that calls us to rejoice in hope gives us this counsel, hope thou in God. Here's the question. Are we going to see things achieved and accomplished in 2023? What do we want to see and how are we going to see it? We want to see souls saved, don't we? 
Want to see new families brought in? Want to see these pews filled up that are empty? We, we, we want to see the children's ministry flourish. We want to have power to preach the word of God. We want to be faithful to the blood in the book. How? Well, it's rooted and connected to the mercy that flows from the God of hope. It's not in human effort. It's not by strength or power. But it's through the mercies that flow to us through this God of hope. And this God of hope says to us, on an individual level, hope thou in God. Could I suggest also rejoicing in hope means hope in the gospel. Over there in Colossians at chapter 1 and in the verse 23, we read these words. Colossians 1 and 23. If ye continue in the faith grounded and settled and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel which ye have heard and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven whereof I, Paul, am made a minister. Notice the words, the hope of the gospel. You, you see, remember Paul also said in Romans chapter 1 verses 16 and 17, he, he says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. And the word power there means dynamite. It, it, it comes from the, the word dynamos, meaning explosive energy. And we're not going to water down the gospel. We're not going to whittle the gospel away. We're not going to wish it away. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. And how are sinners going to be converted? How are the dead going to be brought to life? The blind made to see, the deaf made to hear in a spiritual sense. Well, here's the answer. God uses his word. And what is his word centered in? It centers in the good news of Jesus Christ and his personal work. And it's applied to individuals by the power of the spirit and it's used by God to speak to individuals and awaken the sinner to trust in Christ and cause them to rest in him alone for salvation here's what we are to preach the hope of the gospel and we try our best to teach it from the pulpit we're not feeding you a diet of politics we're not every week spouting poetry or teaching history or philosophy or programs. We're here to preach the word. And we're here to do it systematically. And we're here to do it expositionally. And we're here to do it faithfully. Well, what is my job? My job is to set forth the good news of Jesus Christ in his personal work. And that's what this congregation needs. And that's what you should want. Every Sunday, a clear, plain presentation of the gospel. Don't settle for less. You see, some churches, and I say this respectfully, not naming names, and you'll get a wee story. You might even get a tearjerker. You might get an illustration, 10, 15 minutes. And people are happy and satisfied. No, there's nothing wrong with a tearjerker, nothing wrong with a wee story, nothing wrong with an illustration. But there's so much more. If we're to grow in grace and grow in the knowledge of Jesus Christ, if we're to rejoice in hope, then we not only hope in God, but we must have our hope in the gospel. Our confidence has to be in the gospel because it's the gospel, it's the power of God unto salvation. 
Could I suggest one more rejoicing in hope? Hope and glory. Over there in Colossians chapter 1 and in the verse um, uh, 27, uh, Colossians 1 and 27, we uh, read the words, Christ in you, the hope of glory. We, we preached in this. Christ in you, the hope of glory. We could link it up with Romans chapter 5 and verse 2. Listen to these words in Romans 5 and 2. By whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Now, now think of this year, 2023. We don't know what lies ahead, do we? We don't know what each day will unfold. We don't know what is around the next corner, but we know this. Our God is in the heaven. He is sovereign. He is on the throne. He's in control. He's in charge. And we don't know what he has planned for us in 2023. But no matter what takes place, we can be assured of the hope of glory. And the hope of glory, I believe, refers to heaven and home. And only the born-again believer has this hope. The person who is Christ has the hope of glory. And if you don't have Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, then, then you don't have this hope. Let me ask, are you a person? Are you a young person with this hope? Do you know that you have Christ? Do you know that he's your Lord and he's your Savior? You see, Romans 5 and 2, when he says, by whom we also, that, that's a reference to Christ. We rejoice through Christ in hope of the glory of God. We are saved by Christ. We, we stand in Christ. We, we speak up for Christ. If Christ is not in us, we have no hope. Remember, rejoicing in hope is not a matter of personality or one's temperament. See, see some people are um, naturally cheery, naturally optimistic. Others are gloomy and pessimistic. But biblical joy, this rejoicing in hope doesn't come from within ourselves. It comes from the Holy Ghost. It's not by a natural temperament. It's not a matter of happy circumstances or good circumstances. If it's a biblical joy in Christ, we'll even face horrible circumstances. Remember, Paul was in the prison house. He was despairing of his circumstance and situation. But in prison, he was praising God. He was praying at midnight. See, how could that happen? It's all connected through the power of the Holy Ghost. It's not a phony, superficial happiness that smiles on the outside, but, but hurts on the inside. You see, this spirit of rejoicing, this biblical joy comes from our hope in God. It, it comes from our hope in the gospel. It comes from our assurance of the hope of glory. Oh, that we could focus our mind on that this morning. That's the Christian and his provision, rejoicing in hope. Notice very quickly, the Christian and his patience. You see, the, the mercies of God call us to be patient in tribulation. That's the next part of the text. Notice the semicolon, patient in tribulation. A couple of things here. There's a reality here. The word tribulation. Paul's a realist. You see, the word tribulation, it, it means being under pressure. It has to do with the trials and troubles of this life. If it means pressure, it also means pressure through affliction. 
2023, we'll have days of opposition. There'll be days of persecution. We'll not always be in the mountaintop. We'll not all enjoy the sunshine and and favorable circumstances. There'll be times when we're all under pressure. There's times will come when we all have to face and endure afflictions. Now, Now, sadly, some Christians, maybe many, think and feel that God is supposed to protect them from all trials. Why is this happening to me? Why am I going through this? Do I not read the Bible every day? Am I not praying every day? Am I not trying to be good? Am I not trying to obey the Lord? Then, then, then why, why, why? I don't understand, Lord. You see, many who think like that and feel like that err, not knowing the Scriptures. Because the Bible teaches that we're often going to suffer intense trials in life. We're going to have pressures Ask Job, ask David, ask Joseph, ask the Apostle Paul. If you turn over there to Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, and Paul says this, 1 Thessalonians 3 and 3, that no man should be moved by these afflictions, for yourselves know that we are appointed thereunto. For verily when we were with you, we told you before that we should suffer tribulation even as it came to pass. And ye know that that no man be moved by these afflictions. Why? Because they were appointed. Trials and troubles are in the will of God. A sovereign God has ordained them. The word moved means disheartened, unnerved, despairing. So much so that you want to quit. Do you feel like that? Disheartened? Unnerved, despairing, wanting to quit life itself in 2022. And now you've moved into 2023. And here's the reality. You're still suffering afflictions and trouble. And you feel that you're under pressure. And when you're under pressure, it's easy to be disheartened and despair. But remember, the Bible says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. To them are the called according to his purpose. The Lord Jesus said, in the world ye shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. That's true for the individual. That's true for the church as a whole. There's going to be difficult days, folks. There's going to be many disappointments. There'll be setbacks. And through much tribulation, we enter into the kingdom of God. And what are we to do? Face the reality. Notice also, there's a response here. Underline the word patient. Patient in tribulation. When all of this comes upon us, how are we to respond? A pity party? Poor me? Puff and huff? Panic? Make a pact with an ungodly world? Agree with the government if they ever tell us to not to say this or that or preach this or that? No. We are to be patient. If you read the book of James, chapter 5, look at verse 7, look at verse 8, look at verse 10, look at verse 11, and it mentions the word patience. Be ye also patient. And James used the illustration from a farming community. A farmer plows a field. A farmer sows his seed. A farmer watches. What's he waiting for? He's waiting for the rain, the early rain, the latter rain. You see, the seed doesn't sprout up the, 
on its own. It, it doesn't sprout up the minute he sows it. No, it needs the rain. It needs the heat of the sun. And he has to have patience. And, 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 and Paul is, or, or James is using that to, to teach us, be also patient, like the farmer. And he gives examples of patience. The prophets, he mentions them. They were an example of suffering affliction. He says, you've heard of the patience of Job and think of all that Job suffered. You see, in the tribulation, the Lord knows all about it. The Lord hasn't forgotten us. He doesn't ignore us. He doesn't turn from us. In the times of trial and trouble, when we're under pressure and we're feeling the heat of affliction, we must wait on the Lord. We must learn to trust in him, remembering that the Lord will bring us through. The Lord is aware. He has sent them. He is sovereign. And he is able to bring us through. What was Paul's advice in Romans chapter 5 and verse 3? Listen to the words. And not only so, but we also glory in tribulation also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience. And if you pray, Lord, help me to be patient, then trials and troubles is going to come. Not merely gritting our teeth, not merely holding on for grim death, but confidently waiting upon the Lord to bring us through. I believe there's a rest here. It says, in tribulation. When we're under pressure, facing affliction, we're to trust our sovereign God. He's in control of all things. Nothing comes by chance. It's all planned, all foreordained. And, and the Lord has a purpose. And we're to rest in his will for us, hard as it is. And we're to rest in his word. When we're under pressure, the pressure of life, we're during and suffering affliction. Where do we find comfort? Well, we find comfort in the Savior. But we also find comfort in the Scriptures. Romans chapter 15 and verse 4. For whatsoever things are written aforetime are written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. Comfort of the Scriptures. The Word of God coming to us and sustaining us, getting hold of a promise and, and standing on it. That's the Christian and his patience. Notice thirdly and lastly, the Christian and prayer. You see, the mercies of God call us not to dabble in prayer, but to be devoted to prayer. How many Christians dabble in prayer? Here's a question, and I've asked myself this. How could I rejoice in hope, Lord? How could I be patient in tribulation? Here's the answer. Continuing instant in prayer. It's through prayer. Prayer is an essential part of the Christian life. The Lord Jesus said men ought always to pray and not to faint. You know what the word faint means? Literally, it means give up. How many Christians today are at the point of giving up? Point of giving in. And we're called not to faint. Do not desert your post. You see, 2023 is another year of service. And what is the Lord saying to us as we want to love one another, live for the Lord and serve him? What do we want to see achieved and accomplished? What do we want to see done? Nothing will be accomplished except through prayer. How is the pews going to be filled up? 
How's new families going to come? How, 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 how are, are, are um, children going to be brought into the children's ministry and young people and workers and prayer warriors raised up? Well, it's only going to be done through prayer, specific prayer, intercessory prayer, supplicatory prayer. Notice the word continue. It's very important in the text. Underline the word uh, continue in Romans chapter 12 and 12. Um, it's really gripped my attention. Continuing, present continuous tense. It means to persevere toward a goal or a purpose. Now think of the Christian life. And when you're under pressure and you're suffering affliction, we get discouraged. And how many of us are discouraged because we feel that our prayers have failed? They haven't been answered in the way that we thought. And when you get discouraged, it's very easy to desert your post and no longer come to the prayer meeting or no longer have private prayer. But what's the Lord's advice? Men ought always to pray and not to faint, not to quit, not to walk away, not to stay at home. We're to pray on. We're to pray through. Don't give up no matter what. Continuing in prayer. Could I ask this? What are you praying for carried off in 2023? Do you really want to see the pews occupied? New families brought in? Is that your heart's desire and burden? You can work with me in that. You can pray for that end. You can put feet to your prayers. You want to see increase in the children's ministry? Want to see workers raised up? Want to see young men and young women assume positions of responsibility? Want to see the internet ministry grow? We want to see the, 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 the church eventually finished and all the work outside done. You see, this is your church as well as my church. And what do we want for our church? You see, it'll only be done through prayer. And it'll only be done as we continue in prayer. So we've got to pray on. We've got to pray through. We've got to wait till it comes to pass and see it realized according to the mind and will of God. Notice something else here. Not only the continuing in prayer, but the character of prayer. Notice the word instant. He just didn't say continuing in prayer. That would have been true. But continuing instant in prayer. You see the word instant? We think of an emergency. And you realize that you're in danger. And there's a call out for help. Somebody trapped. Help me. See, it's not just about saying words. It's so easy to dabble in prayer. It's so easy to say words. But the heart must be engaged. There must be a burden. Now, tonight we'll speak more about the situation in Northern Ireland than the United Kingdom. But John Knox in Scotland prayed in the 15th century, and he prayed this in his little house in the, the, the Royal Mile. Lord, give me Scotland or I die. And where is the burden and the heartfelt engagement as we call on the Lord to have mercy upon our country at this time and its people? The Apostle Paul in this very book says in Romans chapter 10, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved or might be saved. 
For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. The sad reality is that the vast majority of Protestant, loyalist, unionist people have no zeal for God. The houses of God are emptying. I've just heard a report that there's over 30 Presbyterian churches in Belfast alone that have closed from the 1960s. Now, two have opened, and we thank God for two that has opened. But that means that 28 have closed permanently. Does that not say where we're at? Remember our Lord Jesus Christ in the book of Hebrews? In Hebrews uh, chapter 5 and verse 7, I was thinking of this this morning. Who in the days of his flesh, so this is when he's alive, young people. He lived for 33 years. Who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications, notice how, with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death and was heard in that he feared. You see, not only is the character of prayer here, but I, I believe there's a call to prayer. And with this we'll finish. This is a command. It's more than just a piece of advice or a wee bit of counsel or, or somebody saying, I'll tell you what to do in 2023. This is a call, or, or we could say the command to pray. You see, why does the Lord send us trials and troubles? Is it not because at times we merely dabble in prayer and, and mouth words, but the heart's not really engaged? But once trials and troubles come, we, we find by the help of the grace of God and the Spirit of God an intensity and a fervency, a, a burden and a brokenness. You know, it's good to have a prayer list. I, I have one. It's good to recite the Lord's Prayer, and I do that, and do it regularly, and I encourage you to say the Lord's Prayer with your family and by yourself. It's good to read the prayers of the Bible. It's good to read prayers out of Christian books, and I've got Spurgeon's prayers that he prayed. But we could do all that without intensity, without fervency and passion, with no hard engagement. The Lord Jesus prayed with strong tears and crying and was heard in that he feared. Someone has rightly said, the more intense the trial when our backs are to the wall, the more intense the prayer. Prayer's the key. Prayer's the lifeline. Prayer helps us to lay hold of the living God to supply our need. Could I finish this morning? Our British Prime Minister for all his faults and sins and shortcomings, needs our prayers. This is what he said in his New Year address. Britain's problems will not go away. If you think, and I, I say this, listen to me carefully, if you think that 2021 was tough, and 2022 was even tougher again, then I'm going to make a prediction that I'm not a prophet, but 2023 will be the, one of the toughest years we face individually, families, as a church family, in our community, in our country. There's going to be more of the same. Only it's going to get a far rougher ride. And there's going to be many things thrown at the Christian and thrown at the Christian church. And we're going to have to, to wrestle with, but we're going to have to stand for Christ and stand in Christ. 
I think one of the leaders of the opposition, might have been the leader of the alliance, whoever that is, said, for hope to flourish, Britain needs to change. And he's 100% right, but what does he mean by change? Become greener? Lean, lean more to the LGBT mindset? Absolutely not. We need to get back to God. We need to get back to the Bible. We need to get back to, to gospel-centered, God-honoring type of ministry and preaching. Let's evaluate ourselves as we finish. Ask yourself this. Am I rejoicing in hope? Or have I given myself already to cynicism, pessimism, and depression? Am I, am I a grumbler and a murmurer as I get through life? Am I patient in tribulation or I despair at what is happening? Am I continuing instant in prayer? Having thought about the word continuing. Having thought about the word instant which speaks of the character. Having thought of this as an overall command. Or am I looking for the exit? I believe this year. We need to do these three things. We need to rejoice in hope and our hopes in God, in the gospel, and in the glory that's yet to come. And we need to be patient in tribulation because there's going to be much more tribulation for us. We need to realize that. We need to resolve that we'll be patient as we wait on God and rest in him, come what may. And may the Lord help us to continue instant in prayer.